Well, good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to Hager Hershey's Elk High School Wrestling Weekly, usually hosted by Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, but this week it's hosted by the uh, Bat Cave, far beneath the uh, big metropolis of Decatur, Indiana. Rex Burr, along with Dane Filling, joined by special guest, the tech wizard and the man who runs IndianaMat.com, Joe Caprino. Good evening, boys. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thanks for the food. I can tell you that uh, Joe and I feel much safer on our feet on this broadcast platform than we did earlier this week. That crow's nest at Mishawaka. I, that place was built in like 1912 or something. I don't know. I wouldn't trust it for any money. So hey, We had fun during the show, though. It was a lot of fun, and, and we got Mike to join us. And Mike, just such an outstanding talent on the mic. He did a great job over those two days and uh, killed it on all the names. And uh, he took a little bit of flack from a couple people on his rankings, but uh, that's what makes the rankings more fun is when you have the, the rankings create the underdog and the favorite in a lot of people's minds. And then when those upsets happen, then that adds to an event. If everybody just went into it as a bunch of random dudes and you didn't know anything about them, it wouldn't be as much fun. Well, I don't think the kids want to just roll along and follow in line. I mean, their goal is to upset the rankings. And that's what they try and do. Well, they're not supposed to. <laughs> they're supposed to all go as you, you need predicted. to follow along in line young man i know that's uh the the trap that i've fallen into ever since we've started doing the the team state seedings and rankings is you get to that day on saturday morning and you just cross your fingers okay no upsets i don't want any upsets please <laughs> no upsets i don't want to have to defend any of the decisions that i made but uh i want to give a shout out to everybody that helped me along the way from Greg Ratliff and J.D. Mensch, Pat Culp, and then, of course, to my committee members. This year we had a couple of new additions, and they really added to the group. We brought in Frank Bumgardner this year and uh, A.J. Bradley and tried to expand our, our net. And, of course, Eric Myers has been with me ever since Trent McCormick asked us to take care of this task. And then we added in Josh Gaskell here in the last week. He uh, had spent a lot of time looking at the different classes, and he's going to be my – my uh, partner on Saturday at Rochester, as we call the 1A Team State. And, of course, you'll be at 2A Team State, and Joe's going to be at 4A. So <laughs> we've got a great show in store for you today. In the first period, we're going to talk about the girls' regionals and the Al Smith Classic. And then at the end of the first period, we're going to talk to Coach Derek Snyder. And uh, he's the head coach of the Brownsburg Bulldogs. They are the host of 4A, and this is kind of the theme. We're going to start with 4A. We're going to talk to um, – a representative from the host school about parking and concessions and coolers and all of the things that you need to know if you are in attendance. And then when we get done with that, we'll get off the phone with them. And Joe's got it all worked out with the graphics. We're going to reveal the brackets one by one, matchup by matchup. And then we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk to the host at 3A, which is uh, the uh, coach Jim Tante from Franklin. He's going to tell us a little bit about that setup. That's where I was last year. And then we'll reveal the 3A-12 team bracket, and then we'll switch down to 2A. We've got information from Jay County, and then we'll do the 2A bracket, and we'll finish up with a conversation with Coach Clint Gard. And his Rochester Zebras are hosting myself on both Friday and Saturday with the girls' semi-state and with 1A team state. We'll finish up with the 1A bracket reveal. And then when we come back from our final commercial break, we've got four minutes to wrap it all up, boys. <laughs> Well, we got to be careful uh, tonight because Joe brought a camera with us. You and I are not used to being on camera, although I am sporting 
I am. You're sporting Indiana Matt shirt. I, I am. I had shirt. my. I had a, an extra. I can't reach it. You got I had that. an extra piece of swag that was handed to me in the crow's nest this week. So we want to give a shout out to everybody at Hobart for. Uh, oh, there. that's nice. It's like the Belichick yeah, wasn't hoodie. That, wasn't that nice? It's Under Armour too. What a deal! What a deal! I got the new version of the uh, Hager Hershey Zeld High School Wrestling Weekly. Uh, new one on. Judge, Judge is going retro tonight. He's going retro. Joe, he's got lots of he's got his high post shirt on. So, <clears throat> so we have a very busy schedule for you this week. In between now and the first whistle, at are we beginning at nine? Or are we beginning at uh, official Jay County time, eight thirty on Saturday? Well, we've got we've got a coach's show that runs till nine. Yeah, so I don't know. We may have to file a petition. <clears throat> either um, either we have to get uh, Matt and company to uh, alter their schedule. The Pacers are at Milwaukee. That broadcast starts at eight o'clock. So we'll sign off just before that. We've got Purdue basketball tomorrow, and that Big Ten game is pushing uh, Rex and me over to YouTube for what should be a pretty entertaining duel between the fighting Oberlins of Homestead and the Adam Central Flying Jets. That'll be live from the hangar. And then on Wednesday, um, pretty cool because it's a clean slate. There's no other high school athletics. It's just Belmont at South Adams Girls Basketball. That is going to be Mike Maki and Lou Koning live from the Star Dome. And then on Thursday, the judge and I are going over to my old stomping grounds in Huntington for a good duel between South Adams and Huntington North. And then on Friday, we've got a good ACAC girls basketball game between Heritage and Adams Central. And if you're interested in the girls' side of things, I will be broadcasting live on YouTube the girls' semi-state. Jay County had uh, a great showing at the regional. We'll talk about that in a little bit later in a segment. And then on Saturday, we've got Team State. We were just discussing what that's going to look like. But right now, our provisional plan is that you and AJ are going to be live on the air, and we're going to keep everything in 1A on YouTube throughout the day to try to keep people in the same place at the same time. So we'll learn a little bit more about what the schedule is, when to expect these teams to wrestle, who's going to have a bye, all of those types of things as we go throughout the show tonight. So uh, <clears throat> you got all that straight? I, I have it down because I got the list that you sent me like at 2 o'clock this afternoon. I had to get my printer fired up and print off there. But uh, we have some couple of call-in guests, so it'll be a, a nice, uh, interesting evening. But uh, we usually are pumping the double eagle, so we got to make sure I know. we talk and about double eagle. And don't forget, next week, somehow we're going to catch our breath and show back up at the double eagle next Sunday. I might be a little bit out of energy, but... Sometimes cheese curds are all you need to to pump that energy back up. Well, my normal Sunday night is at the Double Eagle, so I went there last night for supper and talked to former broadcaster John Kins. He was on the corner and <clears throat> had a nice evening and uh, talked to a little bit of wrestling. But uh, you talked about the girls' region a little bit. I mean, you going to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do that after the <laughs> okay. after this break. But uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. We've got a bunch of people listening. We are going to go 4A down to 1A. It's a two-hour show tonight. Just to give you an idea of, of what we've got, Joe just rolled his eyes. He didn't know that. That's okay. Joe is he is very active over there in the uh, control center. And did you notice that he positioned himself behind the camera? That's what I said. You put us on it, there. You want to turn us around? I was like, no, it's okay like that. But you know, he he's used to it. You know, Grill a radio, radio. He and Mike they're on camera, so. Oh, but they look so good when they do it. Yeah. It's so enjoyable. We want to give a shout-out to everybody who is listening, including uh, Margie Tebow. She told me she was listening tonight. Ken Myers listening tonight here in Decatur, all the way from Brett Smith up in what, – what, what exactly is that? Volcottville, Stroh. Okay, in Stroh. Uh, we'll, we'll call it that. And we've got people listening all the way down 
in Evansville too. So we're going to send it back to Steve for a round of messages. And when we come back, we will discuss the girls regional and the Al Smith classic. The staff at Haggard Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life live tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. Are you ready for spring? Come see what we have growing in the greenhouses. Hi, it's Jessie at Heller Nursery, and we are open all winter long. Heller Nursery always has a wide selection of houseplants in stock and pottery for inside and outside the house. We are preparing for spring every day now, and with new shipments of decor, pottery, plants, and seeds, there's always something new to see. Check out hellernursery.com to see our wide selection of spring offerings of trees, shrubs, fruits, and perennials. Heller Nursery, open seven days a week. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Come on guys, it's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors, with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Burn, and Markle. Surprised a few people, but uh, I know that uh, the girls regional, uh, Jay County is where I was at, and that was the third smallest regional. I know some of them were fairly large. There were 39 girls participating in that regional. They had one mat so that they didn't have to stop and wait because they'd been going too fast. So uh, it it ran very smoothly. It was done very well. Uh, I was able to get, I think I got all champions from almost every weight class up and interviewed. Um, I saw the numbers on YouTube start to roll up later on in the day as people went back and started listening to it. And uh, I think it was a, a good event, and it's something that you and I had committed to do, and that's what we did. Yeah, and all of those uh, interviews are up on the YouTube on WZV.com. You can check out the article that we posted earlier today. And I know Joe and I have interacted with a couple of people who expressed some disappointment in the way the regionals were set up. But, I, you know, it was much to my dismay, and I think Joe's too uh, – when you expand, you, you have to account for, okay, in some areas of the state, there's not going to be enough girls to fill these weight classes. But if you look at what it was last year with the setup, there's just so many girls. And they were trying to do A and B brackets and cross them over, and we're doing all of this on a Friday night. I, what you were able to see on Saturday with one mat was organized. It was patient. It, everybody got their chance to have the limelight. We were able to do interviews. It's so much better than trying to cram it into two weeks again. You, you know, if you're going to spread out 16 regionals to prepare for when girls are a full sanctioned state uh, across the state of Indiana and they're having multiple girls in each one, you know, with the numbers really growing, you might as well set it up that way first instead of waiting till it gets too large and then try and set it up. But if you fall into it and have all 16 set up, and you're there and you're ready, you can just roll and you never have to change the uh, the series. And Joe's a, a longtime forfeit tracker, and he'll tell you that there are still boys' sectionals who are sending forfeits to the regional. So I think it's a little bit of short-sightedness for some people to, to be really critical of the girls' side of things trying to 
expand and, and not necessarily having four girls in every weight to, to advance. Yeah, a couple of years ago when we were uh, when it was first starting up and some of the weight classes wouldn't get people to enough girls to fill out the weight classes, I was talking to, I believe it was Jake O'Neill, and he, I was like, why don't you guys go to 10 or 12 weight classes? He's like, well, we want to start big, and they will fill out. And they've obviously, the brackets have filled out. These will start filling out. It's uh, another two, 300 girls, I believe, wrestled this year. So you're up about 25%. That's that's pretty good, and it's going to keep growing, and I I think it'll it'll be fine in the end. Uh, there's going to be some growing pains, and it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And I'd rather, uh, as Rex said, keep it at 16 and fill those out, and then you can expand to 32 when when needed to. Yeah, well, and what's the point of having 1,100 girls put themselves on the line, be out there for the sport, and then eliminate 75% of them on the very first day of the tournament? Yeah, you know what I mean. You got 1,100 girls. You, you cut out about 200 of them, 50 to 60 of them are going to get called back. And that's a really common practice in some of these other sports. A lot of people that are wrestling sometimes don't view this through the lens of some other things. But if you're in track or you're in swim, uh, you cannot qualify on the day. You can walk out of the venue and not know whether or not you're going to make it to the next level. But then you get a call back because people drop out of certain events or your time qualified you for. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I think you've got 900 girls now, 1,000 girls who have another week of practice, who are excited about competing at semi-state, and you're going to have a true ticket blood round here on Friday night, and it's going to be exciting, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, why, why try and squeeze 1,059 girls into four tournaments and then just really squeeze them down and – you know, like Gary said on our show one night, it just took so long to get done. We were done before noon. And quarter to 12, it was all done there. Now, some regionals may have lasted a little bit longer. But, you know, they ran one mat because they didn't want girls wrestling and waiting, wrestling and waiting. So you ran at one mat. There was never a time when they had to wait because somebody was wrestling too close on top of each other. Now, later in the show, we are going <coughs> to talk to Clint Gard. He is uh, from Rochester and they are the hosts of Friday's semi-state, and he's going to have information on when that meet is going to start and uh, how many mats they're going to be and those types of things. So look forward to that later on. Rex, any uh, uh, specific results you want to talk about? Uh, Jay County had a good showing. They had five champs. Uh, I know, of course, Mallory Winter won by fall. I saw that um, Katie Rowles, she won both of her matches by fall. Uh, ever since the very beginning of the year, We've heard Nat talk about Lena Lingo. She only had one match there, but she won. Emily Maynard, I think, only has one loss on the year. Jake County's yep. got five or six girls who are really going to go deep into this tournament, and I have no doubt we're going to see them uh, down in Kokomo here in two weeks. Now, there's a couple of girls that, that did stand out to me, and Coach Abbott from uh, Cowan, uh, his young wrestler, Emma Jones, still undefeated on the season. She's ranked third in the state. Um, she breezed through that tournament, come up and – uh, very, very well spoken when she talked about why she wrestles and how she dedicates herself. And there are several of these girls come up and said, well, there are sports you play. I'm playing a sport. I wrestle all year round. And that's like, you know, that's dedication. And uh, some of these girls have decided that that's what they want to do. Um, Katie Rowles used to be a cheerleader. And she said, yep, I don't, I don't cheer anymore. She said, we wrestle all, all, all year long. Mallory Winter said that she wrestled in Virginia Beach. She went out to Colorado and wrestled, um, wrestled all over the country and ran into some really good competition. And so these girls are out, out looking for good quality matches throughout the summer. And uh, I know Mallory had a, had a real good interview with me. And said, 
Uh, Paisley Chambers from Westdale was very impressive. Uh, Reagan Jones, uh, Reagan Jackson from Daleville, stop up and talk to us. Um, another one that stuck out to me. Um, um, interesting. Uh, Michaela Brainerd from uh, Monroe Central. I asked her, you know, if she when she started wrestling, uh, Coach Meyer said she was at Jay County, couldn't get her to come out wrestling. She said, well, my parents wouldn't let me. And so what made them change their mind? She goes, they did, and I'm 18 now. <laughs> she said, I'm 18, and I want to wrestle, and this is my senior year, so I'm, I'm going to do it, and, and I really enjoy it. And it's like, well, that's dedication that you're just going to put yourself out there and do that. And so, But I saw some pretty good wrestling. Um, one thing that impressed me with Emma Jones and uh, Coach Abbott talked about, she was one of the f- few girls you saw riding legs very effectively. I mean, she was turning girls with legs and putting a hurt on them, and, and there's a lot of girls who are not used to being ridden with the legs, and she was dominating people. Seeing a couple of comments from Coach Brett Smith from Prairie Heights. He had uh, uh, the unfortunate clash of boys' tournament and girls' tournament coaching and dad duties. He said that uh, Goshen has run pretty well and that uh, they they had enough time to get through the breaks and everything went pretty smoothly. And I noticed that he made it back up for uh, for for the placement round at uh, Mishawaka. So uh, I think across the state, it sounds like it went pretty well. And kudos to everybody in the girls' wrestling arena who was able to find 16 regional hosts, make it happen. Kudos to all of the coaching staffs and athletic directors and athletic staffs that were able to put those meets together. And kudos to you, Rex, for uh, being what I would assume is probably the only broadcaster who did a regional in the entire state. And uh, I think that speaks a lot to your love of the sport, both not only on the boys' side, but also on the girls' side. You know, I, I kind of feel have my feelings a little bit hurt, Dane. I went after the, after the term was over and looked on YouTube, and there were six views, and I realized one of them was you because you had to check and see if I was coming through. One of them was me when I was checking out, so I said I worked three hours for four people. But later on the day, I went back and checked, and there was up to like 57, 58 people. I don't know what it's at right now. I mean, we could pull up and look, but um, that that's what those girls want to do. They want to go back and listen to their match. They want to go back and listen to those interviews. I mean, I had a lot of a lot of parents up in the stands taking pictures of their other girls getting interviewed on the and their on YouTube and it was it was a real good day and and they were very proud to be there. Well, it speaks to the fact too that it is a regional and everybody who was competing lived within an hour of the venue mm. and was likely going to be there. Now that's going to change here when it comes to Rochester and it's on a school day on a Friday when half the schools are still are going to be in school. Um, and it's a lot further drive for some of these places. But one last comment before we switch over to Al Smith talk. Uh, I was just really impressed with the amount of girls who came from those really small schools over in that Delta sectional. And I give big shout-outs and big kudos to all of those coaching staffs for working with those girls and getting them to this point and then having them qualify for semi-state. My my last comment is uh, they had blue ribbons when they came up. They were not your standard blue ribbons. They're a different color of blue. They're like a like a pretty sea foam, almost an aqua marine blue. It's like we're not going to be blue ribbons like boys. We've got our own <laughs> blue ribbons. And it, matter of fact, it's about the color of your, of your cup right there. And I just thought that was impressive. It's like, you know, we're going to stand out. We're going to be different. Yeah, and we saw that last year at the state finals when they had their little dance-off during one of the breaks, right? And they all got together. You wouldn't see the boys do that. But I think there has grown a nice mix in this sport and in specifically in Indiana, where there are things that the girls do the same way as the boys, and there are things that they put their own spin on it, and it's their own identity. And bringing the tournament back to Kokomo feels right 
feels like the right venue, and I'm looking forward to that here in two weeks. Also, the music being played before, there's a lot less Ozzy Osbourne and a lot more Katy Perry and Molly Cyrus. So Molly Cyrus? Uh, what's her Miley. Miley. Okay. It's yeah, okay. she's so much I know. She, was, she used to be a little girl. Miley. Miley. Molly. So let's switch over to the Al Smith. That's your joke of the day, Joe. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, Joe and I were there. Joe was in charge of the seating meeting on Thursday night, and then we were able to run back and forth between the two gyms on Friday, and then Joe spent most of his time on the floor on Saturday rubbing elbows like he likes to do. Uh, there were a few notable people. Of course, Joe was down there. I saw uh, Andrew Howe was there, and uh, who was the other big celeb that I saw in the wrestling world? The to General. Think. Who else? Oh, the general was there. Heavy yes, hands. He was there. I saw him. I talked to him a little bit on uh, day one. But, uh, yeah, it was a good tournament, of course, and Crown Point looked awfully impressive. There were some, some great moments. Rex, I don't know if you've heard or if you've watched, there was a, a coming together. I think, in theory, it might have been the first wrestling kiss that I've ever seen because I watch enough soccer. I know that when two soccer players argue, they kind of put their foreheads together, and then their noses touch, and then if they're really still into it, all of a sudden the full face comes together. That's how close those two boys were in the face-offs, and the finals match lived up to it. It was a, it was a great match. Yeah, it was pretty intense. I got quite a few pictures. Check on the uh, Facebook page. I've linked to them and some good pictures of it, and it's, uh, it was pretty intense, and, you know, I think, even the, the quarterfinals uh, Friday night were intense. I don't remember a quarterfinals that intense. A lot of great matches back and forth, late comebacks. And you could just tell the depth of that tournament when they're fighting for that last match in the quarterfinals, just mainly so they can guarantee a semifinal spot, but also they don't, they're done for the day. They can go cut some weight and do whatever they need to do. But there were some intense matches in the late part of that day, and it – just bled right over to Saturday, and Saturday was just as crazy and intense and just a great tournament overall. So Belmont ended up with fourth, four placers. They ended, ended in seventh place. After day one, they were in sixth place, so they held their own there on the second day. Duke Myers goes uh, one and two on the second day and finishes in fourth place. Kind of interesting, Rex. Uh, I think it speaks a lot to Duke's just sort of innate wrestling ability, but I don't think he scored a point in his last four bouts of that tournament outside of escapes. And he still managed to win two of those matches. That's and that's need, not right? easy when you're in that, at that level of competition, he won two matches on the ultimate tiebreakers because of his ability to ride. And, you know, just sort of that, uh, that innate wrestling smartness. Well, I think the rule is you just have to have one more point than your opponent when the buzzer goes off when it's over. Well, in the one match, he didn't even have one more point. He yeah. rode him out in the, in the quarterfinal. Uh, it was Marquez Young from South Bend Riley. That was a match that, that Duke had already wrestled him uh, up at Goshen. And Young had won the toss and had scored first and chose down, and Duke rode him out. He got three whistles, three restarts. I did think for a moment that the third restart, Coach Calvert almost didn't survive it. He was over behind the, the coaches, and he had this look on his face like, if they blow that whistle again before – time runs out, he may not survive it. It was, a, it was an entertaining match, though, and uh, it was kind of cool seeing Duke grind one out with his dad in the chair and his uncle in the chair and the whole team behind him because there weren't that many guys left. And uh, a good showing for Duke to finish fourth in that class. Um, Xavier Palacios finishes fifth. He's kind of fortunate to get a, a, a forfeit there 
in the placement round, but still, um, you know, you look at who he lost to. He lost to Brenton Russell from Warren Central and Aiden Costello from Hobart. That's it in the whole tournament. That's a pretty good day for a sophomore at 175. Cole Mendez, he took care of business on day one. He had the seed. He won the matches that he needed to. He faced three very good wrestlers on the second day. Didn't win any of them, but still finishes in sixth. And uh, that's what the Braves need him to do on Saturday. They need him to be competitive in those 50-50 matches. They need him to lose by decision against the great wrestlers. And he's done that so far for them this year um, in that senior class. I, I, then I know that everybody knows that Duke Meyer should win. Everybody knows that Gavin Davis should win. Everybody thinks that Keegan Martin should win. You know, for Mendez to come through, I think Mendez wrestled to his ability, and he may have surprised a few people, and I think he got some looks around the state. And Keegan Martin dug down deep. He gave up the opening takedown of Devin Kendricks, and I thought, oh, is this how this is going to end again against kind of his nemesis? But he didn't. He came right back out, and he became energized. He got a couple more takedowns, and he really dominated Kendricks outside of that opening takedown. Um, in the finals, ah, man, that Will Clark is good. <laughs> Um, it, it just wasn't in the cards for Keegan, but it was a great experience for him to be in the finals, and he, he definitely represented Belmont well. So with that, we've ended first period A, and we're going to come back with first period B right after these commercials from our sponsors here on WZBD. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Back once again to the Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Rex Brewer's Basement. <laughs> but uh, once again, we will be back at the Double Eagle next week after a very busy weekend of wrestling. But uh, tonight, uh, Double Eagle has closed down for their staff Christmas party, and uh, it's always a great place to be. And we've got lots of coaches that have made it their favorite place to come hang out on Sunday nights with us, and we're glad to have those guys come back to be repeat guests. Yeah, I got a text from Tanner Bowman. The uh, DeKalb Barons are listening tonight to find out where they fall in the 3A team state bracket. And I know there's a lot of coaches and, and wrestlers sitting around in different venues across the state listening to us. So we're going to jump right in. We are joined now by the head coach of the Brownsburg Bulldogs, Mr. Derek Snyder. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, we wanted to talk to you because you are the official host of 4A again this year. And we just wanted to give you an opportunity to 
talk to some of the fans who are going to be coming to your school on Saturday about parking and ticketing and concessions and all of the details that they need to know. Let's start off with how many mats are you going to run on Saturday? We'll be running four mats. Okay, and with uh, with an eight-team uh, bracket, that's a little bit easier than the other three classes, obviously. What else do fans need to know? I think the biggest thing is uh, to enter door 15B. Uh, if you get over by door one, you're in the right area. But if people have come to the high school before, um, it's a different door. Uh, we're under construction right now. It won't impact us a ton, uh, but they're building a, a new massive field house and redoing our senior academy. So the entrance that uh, people have used the last couple of years, it'll be 15B on Saturday. That's probably the, the biggest thing is, you know, I think all the all the team states do the same times. I mean, doors open at 8 to the public. Wrestling starts at 9. Uh, this year, we had some coaches' requests that we, we did the last round all together. So typically, we've done the state championship um, a couple hours later underneath the spotlight. We're going to try it and run them all. All the placement rounds should start around 132 that last round. We're going to try to do all four of them at the same time, see if we if we get a bigger crowd, which could lead it to a better environment and allow some schools to get on the road sooner. And then kind of after we try it that way, we'll reevaluate on how we should handle it in the future. Those are probably the big things. Well, we thank you for that information. And uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your team so far this year and the schedule that you've wrestled so far leading up to Team State on Saturday. Yeah, we really like this group, our coaching staff. We, you know, I, I told these guys, I, I talk a lot about some of my, my old teams, and I said, I, I don't want you to think I'm talking about an ex-girlfriend, but, you know, I've, I've had some pretty good teams here in at Mishawaka, and I told this team, I, I thought they're one of the most talented I've ever had, maybe the most talented, but then just their focus, man. They're so locked in, um, and all they want to do is train and get better and compete and learn from losses so it's a it's a really fun group for us um, as a coaching staff like just seeing their attitudes when they come in and you know sometimes as a coach you feel like you're herding cattle and you know forcing guys to get in the room and train right um, and this group is just it's just kind of spread and it starts with some of our older guys that have had some success like a you know a Jake Hockaday kind of sets the pace in the room every day um, and that makes a difference, and it, it spreads. We just got such a large group of guys that just want to do things the right way. Uh, as far as the schedule, I mean, I've always felt, and I've always told this team, like our, our schedule is not meant for you to go undefeated. If you do, that's awesome. But when Indiana opened up the rules and allowed us to go to Ironman and then Crown Point's done a phenomenal job, I still don't think people in Indiana realize, like, how ridiculously hard that tournament is. I mean, it, it's 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 a mini iron man um and they keep adding teams to it so since we've done that we have we've had state champs but we haven't had anybody go undefeated but that's kind of the purpose um and if they do if we do have that happen someday great but you know if you look at some states that are maybe a little more successful than indiana a lot of their state champs aren't undefeated you know because they wrestle a national schedule and they'll have state champs that have three four five losses so We've kind of modeled our, our schedule after that, trying to go out and find some guys that can beat us. Well, Coach, we thank you for coming on the show tonight. And before we leave, I want to congratulate you because the Bulldogs, the Brownsburg Bulldogs, are the number one seed for 4A on Saturday. 
All right, that works for me. Now let me know the team so we can start scouting. <laughs> okay, will do. Thanks, Coach. All right, thanks, man. So with that, we got a thumbs up from Joe. We ready to go? Yep. Brownsburg Bulldogs are your number one seed, and their opponent in the opening round is going to be the Fighting Irish from Cathedral. Cathedral had a pretty good showing on uh, Friday and Saturday at the Al Smith. Um, they're an interesting team. Joe, I don't know how much you want to comment on these as your engineering, but, uh, you know, Cathedral, I think, probably a better tournament team from what I've seen so far than a dual meet team. But uh, certainly any time that you're talking about wrestling Cathedral at Team State, they've got a long history there. Yeah, they do. And Brownsburg always, you know, wrestles well. Cathedral's always won the poise for an upset. They have some good kids up and down their lineup. They didn't have uh, Kyle Harden. This past weekend, not sure if he'll be back. If he's back, he's a he's a hammer. Uh, they're they're two fifteen. Uh, Jackson Weinger is tough. Him and uh, Will Clark had a an epic match in the uh, semifinals this weekend. The, there's a couple pictures of them out there. They were they gave it it all. They're all for us. That was six, maybe the best match of the of the whole tournament. Yeah, for six minutes they just battled. It was awesome, uh, especially for two fifteen pound match that they they left left it on the mat. And you know you can never can never. Uh, Un, over or underestimate a uh, cathedral team because they, they'll be ready to wrestle and they're going to be out there hungry to get some wins and pull some upsets. Now your number two seed at 4A on Saturday at Brownsburg is going to be the other Bulldogs, the Bulldogs of Crown Point, Al Smith champions, and uh, just an absolute dominating performance. 12 placers on Saturday and uh, very impressive. And their opponent in the first round will be the Falcons of Perry Meridian. Perry Meridian, the number seven seed. So if the seeds hold, the finals would be Brownsburg versus Crown Point. No surprise to most who are interested in 4A that Center Grove then, that means that they are the number three seed, and they will wrestle Warren Central in the first round. Center Grove versus Warren Central, and that leaves the last quarterfinal Sort of a rematch, sort of a uh, best of three series between Avon and Modern Day. The two teams have split between the duel and the Modern Day Holiday Classic. I think that should be a great matchup. And uh, what a tournament. The, a who's who of the best programs across the state of Indiana. In my opinion, the eight best teams that uh, exist in the Hoosier State. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun at Brownsburg. Yes, it is. It's going to be a lot of good, good, a lot of great, good wrestling from the start. Of, you know that modern day Avon match is going to be a good one, and just going right from there, you got possible Avon versus Brownsburg uh, back back uh, yard rivalry. So it should be. It's going to be a great day of wrestling, not only there but across the whole state. You know, Joe and I talked <clears throat> before we went on the air about you know having it all of the teams tournaments in one location, like when we had it at and Coliseum, and that was that was the best of all worlds. And you could watch all the matches, but and logistically, trying to get everybody there. I mean, there's people that don't want to travel that far, uh, getting that venue locked down. I mean, it's it, it'd be wonderful. I told Joe, this is great for us. I mean, we drive 30 minutes, but uh, that's not it. It's not the same for everybody else. But uh, it was really nice that if you had an off round, you could walk down and watch, you know, Brownsburg and Crown Point wrestle, and or you could watch down. And I I don't think you're going to go wrong. The 1A is just loaded. There's teams that are just going to go in there and battle. Uh, 2A is great. 3A is great. 4A is all lined up. I mean, no matter where you go, I think there's going to uh, – you're going to see great wrestling. 
Yeah, in the last couple of years, I know there have been several people. Joe, I think, was – well, you guys did the Brownsburg match. You guys streamed it, or you did a radio commentary a year or two ago when they did it all by itself under the spotlight. Yes. And I know there were a couple of people who left Martinsville early two or three years ago to get up to Brownsburg to be able to catch the the final. So, But I also give a shout-out to Coach Snyder for listening to feedback from coaches and from teams and from fans and, and, and accommodating them and saying, hey, we'll give this a try. We'll see whether or not it creates a better atmosphere because in the end you want it to feel like a state championship match. And if uh, the crowd does stay and does get involved in it and they are able to focus people's attention on what the score is, and sometimes it's just as simple as making sure that the score is visible throughout the gym. You know, if, if you're at a tournament where they're using the old flop the numbers over – and you can't tell what the score is. Only so many people in the gym can see it. I think, you know, if they're using track wrestling scoreboards, which I assume they are, that should help. But you, you want to be able to highlight that. And I know that's what Coach Snyder's tried to do the last couple of years by moving the championship one after the third place and the fifth place and the seventh place match. But it uh, sounds like they, they, they've put a lot of thought into it, and it should be a, a big success. That's one of the things I like about having it on track wrestling. If I'm sitting at 2A, I can pull up track wrestling, and it's like I'm sitting at all four wrestling tournaments. I can pop onto 2A, 1A, 3A, 4A, and I can see all the scores. I can watch live wrestling, you know, based on, you know, what the scores and stuff are, and it, it's it's great. Except when you're trying to click on hub and dashboard on your phone, and there's 22 <laughs> mats that you're trying to navigate. That makes it really, really difficult to figure out who won the last bout. Carry but, your uh, iPad with you. It sure is nice as a broadcaster to be able to have those names and have them be 100% accurate. 80% of the time, 90% of the time. Um, it, sometimes they change. But, yeah, that is a, that is a positive that they, they do it very professionally and it's not uh, written down on paper. Or, I, I remember distinctly as a little kid going to, I don't know, it, it must have been a conference tournament. And I remember Barry Humble writing on an overhead projector with like a the old view graph yeah one of those and it was it was he was always trying to focus it on the wall at new haven and then yeah those days are gone thankfully we dude that's all we had back in the <laughs> 70s that was it yeah but you guys were wrestling on horsehair mats and you know you had, had buttons and snaps he and, had a grease pencil and he'd write on it and he'd take his finger and he'd just like just wipe it off and he'd rewrite the score in a new one i do uh like when I look through those old pictures at Southport, 77, 78, 79, the big giant manual scoreboards that they had with those, those were really cool uh, and, and certainly something to be a little bit nostalgic about. Well, we have wrapped up our uh, first period B and four team A, um, 4A team state bracket has been revealed. Thanks for Joe for getting that put up there. And uh, we're about to uh, send it back to the studio for a round of commercials with Steve Rouse running aboard for us, as always. And we'll be back with uh, our second period A, and we'll talk about 3A team details and have a coach, uh, Jim Tante, on the phone with us right after this on WZBD. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. 
Does your smile need work? Maybe it's time for a cleaning and exam. Visit Laura Kugelhahn, DDS, and her knowledgeable caring staff at Complete Smiles on North Main Street in Bluffton. Dr. Kugelhahn would love to help you maintain your dental health or transform your smile. Whatever your needs might be, Complete Smiles is there to help you. Dr. Kukulhan is currently accepting new patients. Call 824-3100 to schedule an appointment. Welcome back once again to the Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Bat Cave, somewhere in Decatur. Uh, Rex Burr along with Dane Filling and Joe Caprino. Joe running the graphics. And uh, on the phone with us, we have the coach of the Franklin Community Grizzly Cubs. Ooh, almost got that wrong. Coach Jim Tante, how you doing tonight, Coach? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. We're having a lot of fun with the show, and uh, we want to thank you for coming on our show when we revealed the last teams in, and we wanted to invite you as sort of the uh, go-to guy as the host of 3A to run through uh, parking and concessions, ticketing and seating and all those types of things. What do you have planned? Are you going to use the field house or are you going to use the main gym on Saturday? We- we're going to be in the field house. We'll go six mats. Um, coming through, I think it's door 15, the athletic side. Um, doors open at 8, and we will wrestle at 9 o'clock. I will tell uh, parents, uh, feel free to bring uh, chairs. If they want to bring lawn chairs, that would be fine. Um, there will be seating, you know, rolling bleachers all the way around. Uh, but some teams, you know, kind of want to camp out, and we allow that in the field house. Yeah, I was there last year for the 1A side of things when 3A was in the main gym. And uh, a lot of sections of bleachers, but sort of small sections of bleachers and a lot of groups of of fans moving from one mat to the next, depending on how their team does. So definitely good information for people to have as they they travel down there. Absolutely. And uh, Smokehouse will be doing the uh, concessions. Old Chip Huckabee, his his son, Zach's a, a really good wrestler for Perry Meridian and Chip's done our concessions for years so um, expect some good food that's what we like to hear they had some food trucks up at the Al Smith on Friday and Saturday and I think that uh, says a lot about a tournament organizer who's interested in making sure that people have some choices for concessions and it, it certainly makes it easier on the fan to to be able to watch all the action absolutely so tell us a little bit. You guys were at the Holiday Classic on uh, Thursday and Friday down at Modern Day. How did that go for you guys, and how was the tournament overall? Well, it's a great tournament. You get to see, you know, some out-of-state teams with, with Union County and Civic Memorial. Um, and you get to see, you know, those Kentucky, Illinois. Plus, we don't see a lot of those teams down south during the, during the season. And, you know, the hopes are that we run into some of those guys at the semi-state level. And that gives us an opportunity to see those guys. Greg and the group down there in Evansville do a great job at that tournament. Um, it's a pretty cool tournament. I've been to a lot of the holiday tournaments, and, and they run it in a very special way. And the hospitality room is, is second to none. I mean, it's tough to get my assistant, Chad Woods, out of there. He's usually in the hospitality room most of the day, so. Um, he just gave me a, a weird look, I think, over here. <laughs> well, you're talking to a, a hospitality room connoisseur here with Rex uh, as well. There you go. Yeah, we, well, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the bratwurst, man, they're good. We even found a way to sneak in the back door at uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse last year into the one that uh, didn't really ever exist, but uh, somehow we found it. Yeah, I was in there too, unfortunately. <laughs> 
Well, Coach, any other notes that you want to give us about hosting on uh, Saturday? I know you're excited about the expansion uh, to 12 teams, and uh, kudos to you for speaking up and, and, and making sure that, that everybody understood that you were willing to expand into uh, six mats and, and host that tournament, and I think it's just going to add to and make it an even greater event. Yeah, when we went to our athletic director, he was behind it 100% from Jump Street. It's, you know, as I said earlier, and I, you know, Dane, you said that, you know, you thought maybe we were a year away, and so I'm, I'm really pleased with these guys because, you know, we're, we were probably a year away, and they stepped up to get it done, and, and as soon as our AD, you know, heard that there's a possibility of that and expanding to 12, which, man, there's 12-plus there's good teams in 3A right now, um, he was he was all, all for it, and our our parent group, everybody was behind it. So um, I hope we do a great job for, for the for the state, for 3A, and, and I, I assume we will. Franklin's been known for years, you know, uh, running good tournaments. So we're looking forward to it. Coach, talk a little bit just real quickly before we let you go about your girls and how they did at regional on Saturday. Well, we, we 11 girls made it through. Um, our, our girls were, in fact, I think the brackets are coming out right now. We've been looking back and forth at, you know, waiting on this bracket to come out, waiting on the girls' brackets to come out. So we are really excited about our girls heading into the semi-state on Friday. Um, we had five state qualifiers last year and two place winners, and the two place winners are back. And where will you be on where will you be on Friday? Where's your semi-state we're, at? We don't have to travel very far. We're going to be at Mooresville, so just just down the road. We don't have to make that big long haul which is, uh, is kind of good for, for our girls and our team. I think it gives us a little bit of a, little bit of a plus, not have to go very far, really. And how did you guys run things for your regional? Did you have one mat, two mat, three mats? We, we ran two mats, um, and, and we, honestly, we were done around, I don't know, 1, 1.30. Um, it ran really smooth. Um, of course, Jen Ratliff and, and Kyle Floor did a good job of keeping things moving through the track side of and, um and you know the competition was really good um numbers are growing obviously we ran that regional last year with um four mats um but you know spreading out this tournament a little bit the numbers were down but we're up i think and i think joe mentioned that at the beginning we're up 200 plus numbers on the girls this year yeah it's been a i i think it's been a positive the addition of the extra week and i, I think by the time you get to next year and the year after you're going to be looking at a, a big chunk of girls getting eliminated in that regional round because the numbers are going to be there as the sport continues to expand. Yeah. And I agree with you guys that, you know, not, not getting rid of everybody right off the bat, um, bringing in some fifth placers to fill brackets. I think all that is positive for the girls. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show again tonight and uh, being a good friend of everything that we do at WZBD, a little bit disappointed that, uh, we won't get to see you this weekend because you don't have 1A or 2A, but uh, I'm sure we'll meet back up with you down in Evansville in February. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. And I just appreciate you guys. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Okay, so when we come back for the next segment, we are going to have a little bit more discussion on how we got to where we are with 3A, and then we're going to start rolling out the bracket, the first of our 12-team brackets. A little bit more interesting on the 12-team side rather than the old 8-team side. And I know Joe can probably speak to this. There wasn't a whole lot of debate as to who the top three teams were in 4A. The big three right now are dominating the sport. 
but the rest of the class is a little bit more discussion as to where those go. So looking forward to that as we roll through. And uh, we'll be right back after these messages. When faced with the difficult task of making arrangements for your loved one, many emotions and questions arise. What would they want me to do if they were here? Where is the money coming from? How much should I spend? Do they want burial or cremation? The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home can help you navigate these tough questions. Make your wishes known and allow us to make sure that your wishes are carried out. Call Ryan Hershey or Eric Zelt at 260-724-7167 to schedule an appointment today. Nobody handles screen printing and apparel like Team Montrewear in Bluffton. Providing high quality and creative apparel for South Adams football, Belmont wrestling, and many others in our area, Team Montre takes all the work coaches and volunteers used to do, taking orders and collecting money, and does that for them. Set up an online store and let the local experts at Team Montre take care of the rest. From custom designs to a wide array of apparel and gear, Team Montre is your home for all of your team apparel needs. Visit the brand new location for Team Montreware on Main Street in Bluffton or visit them online at teammontreware.com today. Welcome back once again to the Hager Hershey Zell High School Wrestling Weekly. Not at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. The, the Rex Eagle. Cave. The Rex Cave. The Rex Cave. Well, That's it, what the judge wants you to call it. My wife told me it's, it's the Brewer Cave. Okay, close enough. She lives she wants, here too. She lives here too. <laughs> she lives here too. So before we reveal the bracket, I wanted to just quickly go back and recap how we got to where we are now, which is an expansion from eight teams to 12 teams here in 3A. And a reminder that uh, the original set of procedures had us qualifying six schools in the state tournament last year in February, and then the last two spots being voted in in December. Automatic qualifiers were defending champions Mishawaka, a half point ahead of Terre Haute, Terre Haute South, and behind them were Ron Colley, DeKalb, Fort Wayne Snyder, and Columbus East. Okay? Then, of course, we had some transfers away from Fort Wayne Snyder. We had some really good early season results from some teams like Floyd Central and Greenfield Central. Um, we had the transfer to New Haven of Giuliano Campo. Um, along with her sister, who was uh, an eighth grader last year. And then we also had some really weird results uh, that almost the, the formula couldn't account for. And I know Coach Tante said, I said that they were almost a year away um, earlier in the season. And the reason I said that was because their qualifying score was so low because they didn't have a semi-state qualifier last year. That's how tough that regional is. And it's awfully tough in this scoring system, Joe, the way it's set up, to be able to advance. And the same thing happened with South Adams last year. They had a, a, one wrestler miss weight, another wrestler not wrestle, and they didn't wrestle particularly well at the sectional. And it sort of you know, hamstrung their, their attempts to qualify automatically. And I think that leads us into a discussion, and maybe this is for later on in the show, is what is the future do you see of the automatic qualification system in the state series for the year before? And are we moving anywhere closer to a system where in December we just vote everybody in? I don't think I, – I can't see us voting everybody in. I, I think where we're at right now with what should be eight teams being, being voted in, that means – 12 to 15 maybe teams are kind of keeping that extra two points open, keeping that, that date open. You can't expect 50-plus teams to, to roll the dice like that, and that's the biggest thing I see as a, as a coach, as someone that's been, a, 
been juggling that st- kind of stuff, it's not easy to hold that open. And we saw that kind of with Garrett this year that they were in on the vote and they just they, they used those points early. They they didn't know what type of team they were going to have. They couldn't the way their schedules uh, shaped up. They really couldn't just hold that open. <clears throat> in hopes that they're going to get voted in. And they end up being pretty good, like as they usually are, but it's one of those things that you don't want to take that gamble and have nothing and leave two points on the table as a coach, as a, as a uh, um, you know, keep your wrestlers, you want to see them get good competition. They end up going down to Zionsville, saw some really good competition, and, you know, it is what it is. But I can only – I could see maybe expanding one, but I think right now two per class is the right thing to do for, you know – Schedule, setting your schedule ahead of time. And that's a reason that I asked the question um, because a lot of people I don't think realize how difficult schedule building is when it comes to high school wrestling. And they don't, a lot of people that are quote unquote fans of the sport or followers of the sport don't even realize the point system exists. Uh, we have some conversations, some pretty technical conversations on this show and on Gorilla Radio and off to the side about, you know, the, the, overlap between girls wrestling and boys wrestling and girls wrestling varsity in both. There's a lot of rules that you have to abide by uh, or else you find your name in the IHSAA minutes. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's, it, you know, sk- constructing your schedule is very difficult. You don't want to start, sometimes you don't want to start too early. You don't want to start too late. You want to make sure you get the right level of competition for your kids. And it's a, it's a, quite a juggling act. And when, when you feel, as a coach, you get your schedule locked in of the days and stuff, and the the right events, it's hard, you don't want to stray from that because it's always a, a, you know, you get your training schedules and everything honed into how, you know, your tougher tournaments during the holidays and such. And so I think it's just one of those things that people don't understand that, you know, the eight teams, 12 this year, that had to change their schedules like that, uh, it's not easy. And they you can't expect to do it with 50, 60 teams that kind of hold out hope that they're going to get invited or we're going to, have some teams decline. And if you look at the qualifying scores, uh, three teams that are in, 15th place, 16th place, and 26th place in qualifying in 3A are competing in our 12-team tournament. So it tells you just sort of how competitive that is and how difficult it is uh, to get in. But I think there also has to be some level of exclusivity. And, you know, it's got to be hard to get into. Uh, Otherwise, it doesn't mean as much. Correct. Yeah. So there, there's a uh, there's a, a line there. It just depends on where it is every year. And I think this year, one of the things talking to Greg Ratliff, I go, you, this year with the quality and the depth of 3A, you really just you don't want to miss teams. More than anything, you'd rather add a team or two that aren't as good as the top two or three teams, but you don't want to miss anybody. And missing the team is uh, is is not what this event's for. You want to get the, all the best teams in there and let them duke it out, and they can you know, decide who's the best. Now, when you're talking about girls' teams and scheduling, knock wood if Mr. Falcons, the commissioner, comes through on his intent and girls are sanctioned next year, coaches don't have to worry about, oh, i got to save points back. I know I talked to Jimmy Lynn, and, you know, he wanted Juliano and Isabella to wrestle in as many tournament matches as he could because they're valuable members of his team and they're big point scorers for him. Now, next year it goes to that, and they're going to wrestle girls. I mean, you don't have to – you still have to look at their points they're gaining. But right now this year the whole tournament series is only worth two points. But he So he had to hold them out of matches beginning of the season, and when it got to a certain point, and then they could wrestle as many as they wanted to both. 
Yeah, lots of discussion about how the qualifications are going to work, but uh, as has been the case for the last 10, 11, 12 years since we started this thing, uh, you listen to feedback, you try to make the changes best that you can, you see how it works out, and you try to adjust it the next year, and I think the uh, Coaches Association has definitely done that. Okay, Joe, are you ready to go with uh, 3A? Yep. We are excited to announce that it is the Terre Haute South Braves who are the number one overall seed in 3A, and they had a great season. They are undefeated so far. I'm pulling through, running through their stuff. Uh, most impressive for me is uh, their showing at the Columbus East Invitational where they were where they finished in first place, and they also had what looked to be a pretty exciting Mooresville Classic as they finished dead even with Delta and the Eagles and tied for first there. So the Terre Haute South Braves, undefeated on the year. They are your number one seed in 3A. And we're going to reveal the top four seeds, so the bye teams here, if... Uh, Joe can get all of his. Uh, they should be up there now. All of his his uh, cloaks and well, Rex is on his his. Uh, he's still using floppy disks in that thing. So. <laughs> no, this is the newer one. <laughs> We're just giving you a hard time, Rex. Number two seed going to be Columbus East. Columbus East Olympians. They're going to be the number two seed in three A. They won't have far to travel over to uh, Franklin. The number three seed also from the south, and that's going to be Floyd Central. Floyd Central, the number three seed. And the last team to get a bye are going to be the hosts, the Franklin Grizzly Cubs. They are your number four seed. Looking good? Yep. Yeah, okay. Good. Now we're going to move to uh, the first round matchups. That will be one seeded team against one unseeded team. The bottom four teams are drawn randomly into the team seated fifth through eighth. And, of course, the winner of the first match that we're going to announce is going to take on number one, Terre Haute South, and that will be the Roncalli Royals and the Hobart Brickies. They're going to be the first-round matchup with the winner facing number one, Terre Haute South. That's a compelling head-to-head -head and an interesting one to boot. The next matchup is going to be the number seven seed, the winner of this match will take on Columbus East in the quarterfinals. Number seven seed going to be Greenfield Central, and they are going to take on the Snyder Panthers. The general giving us lots of good talking points on Indiana Matt. We love it. We love all of our, uh, all of our personalities on Indiana Matt that add context to all of these matches. That should be an interesting one between Greenfield Central and Fort Wayne Snyder with the winner taking on Columbus East. Next matchup, the winner of this match will take on Floyd Central in the quarterfinals. The number six seed is going to be New Pal. New Pal, the number six seed, the Dragons, and they're going to take on the fighting reasons of East Noble. We talked to Coach Reason as one of the last teams in, in 3A, and uh, I loved uh, hearing his passion for his team and his program He's hosting a tournament. He's got girls going to girls' semi-state. His boys are going to be going all the way to Franklin. It's going to be a wild weekend. And on top of it all, his Newcastle United, also my favorite team, also going to be taking on their bitter rivals, Sunderland, at the same time. You might even see Coach Reason with his phone out watching a little bit of FA Cup action there. 
The final matchup, that leaves the Mishawaka Cavemen. They're going to be the number five seed. They are going to wrestle DeKalb in the opening round with the winner taking on Franklin. It's a cool venue down there. I know most people that are involved in wrestling have been down there because Franklin has hosted many a youth tournament. The field house is nice and wide and open. It works perfectly with six mats. It's the exact same setup that they had at 1A last year. And uh, I would encourage you to bring a lawn chair if you're not one of those who likes to stand for six or seven hours at a time. Uh, but should be a great tournament. And 3A has proven since its inception, um, when they split 3A into 4A and 3A, it has proven to be the most unpredictable of the classes and certainly going to be an interesting one. But when it comes down to it, um, I think we as a committee put a lot of weight into Terre Haute South's sort of win there against Columbus East and that Columbus East invite. Columbus East looked very impressive at the Al Smith. They had head-to-head wins over Franklin, who got the four seed, Greenfield Central, who got the seven seed. Floyd Central was the top 3A team at the Holiday Classic. They had a win over Greenfield Central. Franklin beat Mishawaka. Um, the nice thing about this field, Joe, is there were a lot of head-to-heads amongst those top eight teams. Yeah, definitely probably made your job a little bit easier. And it's, you know, it's going to be some great wrestling, a lot of good matchups. I'm interested in seeing Floyd Central and New Pal. There's going to be some matchups there. Greenfield Central, Columbus East, uh, Mishawaka, and Franklin. They wrestled at the Tricoff with uh, Franklin, what, taking a close win there. So they're going to, you know, the cavemen are going to be ready. they got to get past DeKalb, though, and the fight in Bowman's. So, uh, you know. <laughs> And, and Hobart, Hobart had a real good uh, Al Smith. Uh, they did. Knocked off a couple number one ranked guys. So they're they're rolling right now. You know, Ron Colley is going to be a tough match for them. But it's that, that top quarter bracket could be very interesting. Yeah, I definitely look at the unseeded teams. And I look at Snyder, who got off to such a late start because of football, trying to put their lineup together and getting everybody there. Uh, we saw some good things. They had three or four kids qualify for the second day at, uh, at Snyder and Rex. I have to mention it. Um, one of AJ's favorite, Ethan Dotson, the, the heavyweight for Snyder, and one of the general's favorites too. He is a man. Let me tell you what. He wrestled Grady Baker over there in the big boy gym about third round, and at, when it got over, I was just glad that Grady survived the safe. match. He just kind of picked him up and just kind of placed him on his back <clears> over there. Uh, he's, uh, I think – AJ said he's going, where is he going? He's going to one of the academies. I believe it's Air Force. Okay, and he's going to be playing football. I know there's some, uh, a couple threads on Indiana Matt where the generals talked about his background story and uh, Coach Tun doing a nice job there. And we heard it all season long, all the way back to the preseason. DeKalb and Snyder, a lot of people uh, had comments about them and, and, and where they belonged in 3A. But those two coaches were very adamant that they – belong that they wanted to be involved they wanted that invitation they wanted to build their season around it and i'm excited to see what they can accomplish you know um they wrestled belmont did uh, snyder pretty pretty close in that match uh they they didn't win as many matches as people thought they should but there was a lot of close matches in those wins that belmont had over them and of course <laughs> i look back to my preseason rankings i think i had ron collie preseason number one in 3A. And now they've dropped all the way down to number eight. And I think there's a lot of coaches who they see where the seeds are and they say, oh, well, we're the seven or we're the six. But then they look at the number one and the number two and they disagree with them. 
and they see the number three or the number four seed as the best team, and then all of a sudden they're thankful, like, oh, give me that team. I'll, I'll happily wrestle them. I want to be on the opposite. And a lot of it comes down to matchups. We'll talk about matchups more in the 1A side of things because that's where it becomes more exacerbated. But, um, you know, it's a bracket now, and all you got to do is wrestle the team in front of you. You don't have to worry about 10 other teams that are on the other side of the, market, uh, the bracket, and then you work your way from there. And, you know, there's a, a, a definitely a handful of teams who can win here at 3 Act. Definitely. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be some great wrestling, and I uh, kind of wish I could be in two or three places at the same time there. Well, that wraps up uh, second period B. Let's send it back to the studio to uh, Steve Rouse running aboard for a round of commercials. and back with uh, second, uh, see, third period A. And um, we'll talk about 2A and their draw right after this on WZBD. Cross Creek Golf Club in Decatur has the perfect Christmas gift for the entire family. This year, give the gift of golf. Reduced rates for next season are now available. Student memberships, singles, couples, family, and seniors are all options on the 27-hole beautiful Cross Creek Golf Course. Gift certificates from Cross Creek make great stocking stuffers. New merchandise, including sweaters and outerwear, are also great gift ideas. Stop in soon for the best selection, Cross Creek Golf Club in Decatur. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sand blasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Welcome back once again to Hager Hershey's Dell High School Wrestling Weekly. We have made our way to the 2A team bracket reveal. And there's a lot of local teams uh, very interested in how this comes out. Uh, one of the coaches has been texting me, uh, Coach uh, Shepard from Western. Uh, he told me, Dane, he said, tell Dane not even to seed me. He said, Every year he seeds me, he said, it, it doesn't work out. But just, just let me come in and ruin well, If you ruin remember some, a couple of years ago when Belmont won down at Martinsville, we walked away from that tournament saying Western was the best team that we saw. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and you know, I think that speaks to uh, his program and, and what they've been able to accomplish. And, of course, uh, last year was a wild one. And it's kind of weird for me not being there and seeing it. Uh, I've embraced my role as the bottom of the pecking order on the WZBD wrestling uh, broadcasters list. And that's no disrespect to uh, Adam Central and, and South Adams. I loved doing it last year, and I'm really looking forward to, to doing it again. But I, I've watched Belmont at Team State for 30 years, and it was really weird to be gone last year and not to see it. But uh, I'll be paying attention. And, of course, the nice thing now for us is with the website, we're able to listen back to those broadcasts. And I'll certainly be listening to, to you guys and, and, and seeing how it goes. And it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be a fun one. Now, I've got information here from Jay County officials. The nice thing is they're hosting 2A just like they did last year, so there's not as many changes. A lot of the teams are the same. Um, so I've got this information from Short Jay, and he says that parking is going to be on the north lot for spectators. They can enter in door 9. Buses are going to park in the east lot outside of doors 1 and 2. The spectator fee, that's not something that was mentioned for 4A and 3A, but spectator fee is $15. And at Jay County, that is going to be cash only. 
So important to note that. $15 cash only. Uh, no ATM available outside of, uh, <laughs> I don't know if the, the giant Patriot dispenses <laughs> money. It's like a slot machine or something like that. That's uh, not how that works. $15. Weigh-ins are going to be at 7.30 for all of you coaches who are listening. Doors are going to open at 8 o'clock. And we will not begin at J County Standard Time. Instead, we're going to start at the prescribed 9 a.m. start time. Makes it better for me. If you are a fan of Belmont, make sure to tune in. As soon as the high school basketball coaches show is over, um, I'm sure that Rex and AJ will jump in on coverage. Um, but as we've thought for most of the season, Belmont definitely looking likely to garner one of those top four seats. And with that comes a bye in the first round. So you guys won't have to be right on the air right at nine. You guys can mingle, get your donuts, check out the hospitality room, figure out who's swimming in the swim meet that's undoubtedly happening at Jay County as well. And uh, you'll be able to, to get started a little bit later. Uh, no outside coolers are going to be permitted at Jay County on Saturday, so please keep that uh, in your mind. The main gym, all spectators are going to remain in the upstairs bleachers. There will be no spectators down on the floor. The floor seating is for wrestlers and coaches only. They're going to wrestle round one in the main gym. They're going to use four mats at Jay County, and that will be all of the first-round matchups that we're going to describe here in a little bit. Fifth. 6th, 7th, and 8th seeds against the unseeded teams. In round 2, the four quarterfinal matches in the winner's bracket, those will be in the main gym, while the consolation rounds for the teams who lose in that first round that are fighting for ninth, those will be held out in the cafeteria. Round 3, the top 8 will be in the main gym, consolation in the commons. And uh, in round 4, of course, they're going to wrestle the top 8. I believe... Ninth through 12th then don't wrestle in what is technically round four because they've already determined their places and they'll roll those mats up and, and move on. So if Coach Eric Myers is listening, Coach, please put my table and two chairs out so we can lean them up against the rail. That way we're not chasing people away from the rail. If you're going to put all the spectators in, in the upper deck, everybody's going to stand in front of that corner in front of us, and we might as well just create our new camping space right down there on a rail and, and put a table there and block them out because – you know, we're up there trying to broadcast, get out of the way, we can't see. But uh, it does happen very very often there, so that's definitely a, a problem. And one of the unique things about each venue when you're a broadcaster is trying to figure out where the where the spot is. I know I was talking to Coach Guard about Rochester because I don't think I've ever been in that gym. And he said, oh, we've got a perfect spot to uh, to, to put you up and, and, and where you're going to be for, for two nights. Hopefully I'll probably just leave the – equipment set up overnight since we'll only get like six hour break between them you know we almost had to go takedowns with somebody at the girls state finals one year and at kokomo they had a great place for us lined up and we're not going to fight for space and i know that they'll take care of us very well pat already assured us that that is going to be going to be the case so when it comes to 2a and we're going to reveal the bracket here after this next segment um it's kind of interesting. The head-to-heads really showed up at the top of the bracket, and it was so, sort of similar to 3A, but I think a lot of the discussion was down at the bottom and who to leave in sort of those last six, seven, eight, seven, eight, nine type spots and what those first-round matches are going to look like. I think that the most competitive 5 through 12 spot of the three classes that have 12 schools involved, Rex, I think it's going to be 2A. I think there's some teams down there that are unseated 
that are going to feel a little bit wronged by the seeding, and they're going to look at their first-round opponent and say, we're better than them, and we're going to prove it on Saturday. So we've got a couple minutes yet here before we need to take that break. But uh, like I said, uh, early in the season, there's a lot of head-to-heads when Belmont defeated Delta in a close match, and then they went and wrestled Jay County and Western. And, I mean, they just kind of tore each other up. And that those top four, I mean, everybody knew pretty much who they thought the top four should be, but what order they're going to be in. They, they kind of traded some places there, and uh, there was a lot of good wrestling there. Well, and this goes back to – Joe's point on Thursday that he used so often in the seating meeting, listen, I'm not saying I know who's going to finish one, two, three, and four. I'm telling you this is how they should be seated. Yeah. And I think sometimes people forget that, you're, that you have to distinguish between the two. We're not necessarily saying that we know this is going to finish this way, one, two, three, four. The matchups are different. But when you have head-to-heads amongst sort of the undoubted top four, it's not that hard to do the math and say this team has to be ahead of this team and this team has to be ahead of this team. That's kind of the way these things work. Now, so. did did you think that the lower t- the lower the top you know from five on down fell into place pretty well, or was there some? Well, there's tough, there's tough a couple choices. teams. You know, um, Oak Hill's a team that I was really high on all season long. The way they wrestled against Western in that big individual tourney early in December uh, really impressed me. But Oak Hill doesn't have a whole lot of commons with a lot of these teams that we're looking at, and so they're kind of a question mark. The other team that I was just really puzzled with was Heritage Hills. And not necessarily any of Heritage Hills' fault, but Mount Vernon didn't get in, and that was a team that they had some head-to-heads with. Southridge didn't get in. That was another team that they had some head-to-heads with. And when it came down to it, Heritage Hills really didn't have any head-to-heads or commons against any other team in the field. And so what we did, and we did this a lot on the committee, is we take a look at the spreadsheet that lists who was varsity last year, who made it to regional, who made it to semi-state, who made it to state. We fill in the roster for this year. We put the records, the best that we have, and this speaks a little bit, and we haven't talked about this yet, Joe, but there will probably be, I, I know there will be, complaints tonight about how certain teams are seated, and I'm going to look at them, and I'm going to listen to their comment, and I'm going to think, now why did we not do it the way this person said? And then I'm going to go on to Indiana Matt, and I'm going to notice that seven of their duels don't have any results. Or the individual tournament that they were in three weeks ago isn't on Indiana Matt, or it wasn't on track, and nobody sent those results. That makes things really, really difficult to figure out. There are situations, and I'm, I'm using Heritage Hills as an example. I think they had all of their results in. But if we're looking at a team like Heritage Hills and we don't know much about them, we will go through and we will tally every match that they've wrestled and put. Joe Schmo was 27-1. and one. Well, that means something because if I'm trying to match him up against Oak Hill and I see that Oak Hill has a kid who's 5-22 and 22 at that same weight, I chalk that one up for Heritage Hills. But if that information isn't available, sometimes it makes it really difficult to seed teams. And you saw that on Thursday when teams didn't enter their information into track wrestling. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, you know, the, you know Heritage Hills also, they, didn't, they went pretty deep in the uh, – Football state finals, I'm pretty sh- sure too. So that that adds to their uh, the, their their schedule and what kind of uh, di- I'm sure their lineup has changed quite a bit over the you know first couple weeks, trying to get guys in shape and everything. So yeah, it's it's about you know getting those results in, putting them in there, and then obviously their common opponents can help out tremendously. I know there's some uh, kids at the Al Smith that would have been seated if a 
another wrestler was in the uh, field and he wasn't, and that kind of dropped a kid from being a nine or ten seed to being unseeded. Of course, that kid placed, so that makes <laughs> me feel even better. So, but it's one of those things that yeah, those those common opponents are huge, and being able to see those uh, teams like that, I know like in three A, a lot of those teams see each other, which makes it a ton easier. But I mean, you know, especially Heritage Hills, they're from the deep south, so it's going to be harder for them to get up and see you know the common opponents of the other two a's which are more north northern so i mean they have a good team and you know i'm, I'm excited to see them because they're they're real tough up top so as we wrap <coughs> up this section I, I do like to say that uh oak hill if they wouldn't answer that phone call and call back they wouldn't <laughs> have got that call in bid you know we got voicemail we almost went to the next group so oak hill almost didn't make it in but uh Andrew King did call us back, so we're good to that. With that, we're going to send it back to the studio for a round of commercials back with the reveal for 2A right after this on WZBD. At Jackson Associates Financial Services in Portland, we are committed to maintaining the highest standards of integrity and professionalism in our relationship with you, our client. We endeavor to know and understand your financial situation and provide you with only the highest quality information, services, and products to help you reach your goals. Give Troy a call for the latest rates on CDs and learn about the advantages in today's financial climate to invest in your hard-earned dollar. That's Jackson Associates in Portland. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Welcome back once again to Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly. Rex Burr along with Dane Filling and Joe Caprino. And we made it to the uh, section where we're going to reveal the 2A team bracket here on High School Wrestling Weekly. Yeah, and we're going to go ahead here with the top four seats in 2A. And as we alluded to earlier in the show, uh, it sorted itself out. And this is one thing that we've talked about as the committee is trying to do too much work too early sometimes creates unnecessary work. And in this class, it worked itself out. It's pretty simple, people. Belmont beat Delta, Delta beat Jay County, and Jay County beat Western. And I think if you talk to most people who are in the know when it comes to 2A, those are the top four teams. Those are the teams that we expected to be in the top four at the beginning of the year. And um, they're going to be your top four seeds. Belmont and Western, they have some history the last couple of years. Delta and Jay County have some history the last couple of years. So some very familiar opponents and some coaches who are sitting back thinking, yeah, I know everything there is about them. Uh, Belmont and Western just wrestled against each other at the Al Smith. And, of course, Delta and Jay County in the same regional and have already wrestled head-to-head -head this year. Um, right off the bat, if I look at, you know, what I'm thinking about with those semifinals at the Seeds Hold Rex, uh, it's Mitchell Betts and Gavin Davis at 157 pounds. We didn't see Gavin this weekend at the Al Smith, and uh, I, I am interested to see what he can do against uh, someone that I think he kind of views as a little bit of his uh, his nemesis. But 157 was absolutely stacked at the Al Smith. And if they wrestled it over again next weekend, it might come out in six different spots. 
yeah, that was a real tough weight class. I did see Gavin Davis there. He just was not in a wrestling singlet. Yes. So he was so. being a very good sideline coach and uh, and teammate. And uh, I expect to see Gavin on the mat on on Saturday. Mitchell Betts was ranked number one in the state and was defeated. He at the was in the semis. You know that ranking, that individual rankings guy. You can never, Mike. You can never trust him. So let's go ahead and reveal to you the first round matchups. Belmont Delta, Jay County, and Western will sit out the opening 9 o'clock round. We're going to start with the pairing that's going to feed into Belmont in the quarterfinals. The number 8 seed is Heritage Hills, a team that we just discussed. <coughs> and Heritage Hills will take on McConaughey. Heritage Hills, uh, I was interested in them. I guess not interested in them. I know them because that's who... Uh, Duke Myers wrestled last year on uh, Friday night. So it was Belmont against Heritage Hills in the state finals in Indianapolis. So I believe that wrestler is higher up now. He's at 190, I think. So uh, Goldsberry, right? Yep, Jack yeah, Goldsberry. Goldsberry's up to 190. So a tough match there for Cole Mendez, who's coming off his sixth place finish at the Al Smith. Of course, Heritage Hills will have to get past McConaughey first. I, we broadcast McConaughey's match against Adam Central, and the Jets actually wrestled them a second time here at Lafayette Jeff, and Adam Central beat them both times. The number seven seed, uh, they will feed into Delta in the semifinals. The winner of this match, number seven, Hamilton Heights, they're going to wrestle New Prairie in the first round. That will be uh, a good match in the first round. Hamilton Heights had a great tournament last year in two-way on the other half of the bracket the other quarter of the bracket i should say the number six seed that will feed into jay county the number six seed is oak hill the aforementioned coach king one of the last two teams voted into this year's tournament and oak hill will take on wallace oak hill versus wallace with the winner facing jay county saw some good things from wallace across the board at the al smith very competitive we saw donovan blair Beat Cole Mendez again, a couple of lightweights, Caleb Salazar. Um, we saw, uh, I saw, where you were doing football, Rex, I saw Wawasi wrestle Belmont very competitively in that opening dual meet of the year and certainly a team that's going to um, have high hopes when it comes to Saturday. Now the last teams in then uh, on our bracket, the number five seed, that will be Rensselaer Central. Rensselaer Central. They will wrestle Monrovia in the first round. And the winner of the Bombers versus the Bulldogs will take on Western. That's what that bracket looks like. Joe's got it made up real nice there. And so as we heard in the previous section, the top four seeds get a bye. They sit out. They'll have to sit up top. And uh, fans will have to wait. If you are a fan of Belmont or Delta or Jay County or Western, you don't need to get there right at 9 if you don't want to. You'll have a little bit of time before. Unless you want a seat. Yeah, that's true. And the losers of those first-round matchups that you see, Heritage Hills versus McConaughey, Hamilton Heights versus New Prairie, Oak Hill versus Wawasee, Rensselaer Central versus Monrovia, the losers of those are going to get shipped over to the cafeteria to wrestle on two mats over there. So if you are a fan of one of the teams in the bottom eight seeds, Make sure that you know that you uh, might be changing venues with a loss. And once you get sent to the cafeteria, you stay in the cafeteria. Yeah, so, somebody, somebody was texting me. It was like, well, 
if they're not big enough to host it, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't have make a wrestle out in the cafeteria. And I said, well, don't lose. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, I think sometimes people are really critical of the way schools host certain tournaments. But I think you have to realize there's a very short list of teams who are willing to host tournaments and who are able to roll out six mats at a time at a venue that can also hold a thousand plus people. Yeah. So watch what you wish for when it comes to criticizing <laughs> some of those venues. Well, watch what you wish for. Because we've been to some venues that have been pretty poor when it comes to spectators. And, you know, you gotta you gotta look at each one individually. Uh, Martinsville was an incredible atmosphere, but whew, was it packed over there it, in If you're in a field a. house, field house was not, not a good place to broadcast from. No, it was not. I sat on the mat and broadcast from my phone, if you remember. Yep. Between, it was Phil, me, and the track wrestling scoreboard in the horn. You called in. I had you jacked into the board and was putting your phone in the broadcast into the board and sending it back. Ah, the good old days. The old, the old leapfrog. The good old days. So, any thoughts on that 2A bracket, Joe? Uh, it's going to be some great wrestling. Uh, there's going to be some good matchups. And, you know, you never know with you know, some of the lower seeds. Sometimes they match up a little bit better and make a run through the bracket and hit the semifinals or the finals. And so it's always fun to see the jockeying that can happen with uh, 2A. There's teams that have a couple guys that are pretty solid on their JV or someone they can insert and bump up a couple guys and then uh, make things very interesting. So that's always fun. That's one of the cool parts about 1 and 2A is just having those uh, movable parts, as we call it, and you know it's some great matchups. I think what I really like about this 2A bracket is the unfamiliarity of these first-round matchups. You look at the schools who are wrestling each other. Heritage Hills, McConaughey, I don't remember them wrestling anytime recently. Hamilton Heights, New Prairie, uh, maybe at Team State the last couple of years. Oak Hill and Wawasee have been involved in, in Team State. But as far as regular season tournaments and postseasons, none of these schools are in the same semi-state or have not been in the same semi-state. <laughs> Wawasee is in our semi-state now, but they don't have that traditional rivalry like you have with any team from your traditional semi-state. So uh, that adds some extra to it. But then you look at the top four seeds – and they may be the most familiar teams in the top four because they've all wrestled each other for this crown, it seems like, the last couple of years. Uh, you've got three teams from the same regional, the top three seeds in 2A. But uh, like Joe said, it, it's going to be some, some good wrestling. And some of those teams that have fought their way into those uh, bottom seeds, I mean, they're going to bring some people, and they, they could upset some people. Now, before we go to our next break, Joe, I was going to ask you, how do you feel about the change from the pools to the straight-up bracket? Do you miss the old pools, or do you, do you like the bracket? The bracket's way better, easier to follow, and trying to explain the pools and stuff to every, anyone outside of wrestling, it was pretty complicated. This is, this, is a little bit, this is a lot better, and I think this is the way to go, and it's easier to see, nicer to put on a graphic, and you know, people understand, okay, I win here, I wrestle this team. You know, it's, it's a lot better, and I'm, I'm glad they made that change. Well, and I think the pools came out of the desire, and this is a mentality change in high school wrestling, at least in Indiana the last five or ten years. There used to be that mentality, I want to get as many matches as possible every single weekend, every time that I can. I want to maximize every point that I can. And I think a lot of coaches have moved away from that. And so that old mentality of, well, I'm not coming unless I'm guaranteed four matches, 
or five matches. That's kind of gone to the wayside now, and, and schools are fine traveling three, four, or five hours and only being guaranteed three matches. Yeah, I think that uh, definitely has changed with the prestige of the event getting you know even higher and higher. So they, the teams want to be there, and it's not about getting one or two more matches. It's about getting some great competition and being a part of a really, really good event. Well, and I think, too, one thing that I've noticed over the last couple of years is as little attention as most people pay to ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th place, some of those matches are outstanding. And the best action that those teams get the whole day is those last two rounds. They're fairly even. A little round robin between the ninth through 12th seeds or the unseeded teams would make for a really good tournament in all of these classes. And so I think that's a positive for them too. So we've come to the end of our uh, segment, uh, third period B. With that, let's send it back to the studio for a round of commercials. Back with the one-minute overtime and a call from Kent Clint Gard who will be hosting the 1A team duels right after this here on WZBD. Wygand Construction in Fort Wayne is building landmarks that impact the lives and communities we serve. At Wygand, we believe that our most important responsibility as a building contractor and construction company is to stand by our commitments to our clients and to our community. That's why we believe in supporting high school athletics, where our local teenagers show their commitments to their teammates, their coaches, their schools, and their communities. Wygand Construction. Trust well-built. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors, with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Burn, and Markle. Welcome back once again to the Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly. Once again, it's bracket reveal time. It's Rex Burr along with Dane Filling and Joe Caprino. And on the phone with us, we have the coach of the Rochester Zebras, Coach Clint Gard. How are you doing tonight, Coach? Good. How are you guys? We're doing good. Lots of people listening to us tonight. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of places that are hosting these come in and uh, talk to us about different things they want to know. That's one of the segments. Uh, we're, one of the things we're going to do in this segment is uh, any details that you want to know to tell that the uh, viewers and the people are going to come to watch things at 1A uh, would need to know, and, and it's your time now. Sure. Um, well, I'm going to give you Friday, since we're hosting Girls Semi-State on Friday, I'm going to go ahead and give you that information as well. Um Friday, the doors will open to the public at 9.45 a.m. We are having school that day, um, so we probably won't open them up to the public much before that. Um, so 9.45 a.m., weigh-ins are at 10 a.m., uh, and uh, we should be wrestling at 11 a.m. Um, we'll have a full concession stand available at 10.30. Um, parking, you will want to park between the high school and the middle school. It's our big parking lot. Um I mean, it'll be pretty hard to miss. Um, like I said, there'll be school that day, so my guess is we will have kids parking closer um, to the west side of that parking lot and leave a lot of the east side open. Um, spectators will want to enter through door E13. Um, it's just uh, fans are going to uh, enter under the Rochester Archway. You'll see our our brand new weight room. I shouldn't say brand new, but it's about three or four years old. But we just built a weight room. 
Uh, we have an archway leading onto the football field. It says Rochester, can't miss it. Uh, they're going to come through there, and it's door E13. Um, admissions, $10 for girls semi-state. Uh, preschool and under are admitted at no charge. Um, and it will only, my AD just sent me a text, said they'll be, only be doing cash at the door. So um, Saturday, uh, it'll be the same thing. And for girls semi-state, the setup's going to be fairly uh, close to boys. Uh, for the team state, we're going to have four mats in our main gym. We'll have one whole side of our bleachers pulled out and about four or five rows of the other side. You'll be able to fit um, just about a 1,000 people on the one side. Um, so it might get a little comfy in there for the for those four mats, but um, I think it'll hold up well. For the girls, we'll also have two mats available in our auxiliary gym, which is about 30 steps away from our main gym, um, where they will be able to warm up, and they'll we'll have um, TVs or a big screen in there where they can kind of view and look on track wrestling uh, for in the hole and on deck assignments. Um, but that gives the girls a place to make camp, um, teams can make camp in there, have their coolers, uh, whatever they need for their team, and also have two uh, full mats to warm up on. Um, Saturday, the setup will be the almost exactly the same. Uh, we'll make a couple changes to the main gym with, seat, with chairs for the teams. Um, doors open to the public at 8 a.m. on Saturday. Weigh-ins are at 8, um, and I'm sorry, weigh-ins are at 7.30. Pat Culp sent me that. Weigh-ins are at 7.30, and wrestling will start at 9. Um, in the past, my experience with other schools is we've been able to start fairly close to uh, both those times for the girls and the boys. So, again, full concessions will be available at 8.45. Parking is the same. Um, it'll be between the high school and middle school. Um, door E13, same archway. Only difference is admission will be $15.00. Um, preschool and under are admitted at no charge. Um, we'll have four mats in the main gym with chairs available for the teams in between mats. Um, and then we'll also have two mats then in the auxiliary gym. And we have seating for about, I think it's about 350 people um, in the auxiliary gym for those two mats. Um, or I, what, I think it's what, 9, 10, 11, and 12 place or 8 through 12. Um, so there should be plenty of seating in there. Um, other than that, we're we're looking forward to hosting. So we'll be setting up Thursday, and we're looking forward to two big days at, at the school. Coach, Dane Filling here. Just to cycle back to the girls' side of things uh, sure. and to let everybody know, uh, it's basically just like watching a boys' semi-state, correct? You're going to have 16 girls in each bracket. Uh, Absolutely, yep. First two rounds are going to be elimination rounds, and then the last four girls left are going to wrestle first through fourth. For seating at team or at uh, individual state, yep. It's from what I've been told uh, by Pat Colt, that's exactly the way we're going to do it. So um, it'll be interesting. I think our semi-state. If you look at the four regionals that feed into our semi-state, and this is not a knock on anybody else, but if you look at the the schools and the in the teams, I feel like we've got a really really strong semi-state. Um, our regionals were were fairly tough. I thought Western did a great job of uh, running their regional. Um, it sounds like the other three schools did as well. Um, I haven't really paid much attention to the other regionals and semi-states just because we're focused on this one. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a real fun day for our girls. And, um, 
I like the change with adding the regional. I, I saw some comments earlier this week on Indiana Matt, and I um, I think the changes to doing the regional are are perfect. Um, you got to let the sport grow, and I think this is a great way to do it. So um, we're excited to host, and and we think it'll be a really fun and pretty intense day for the for the girls. It, um, you know, I've already just thinking about our girls wrestling in that round to go uh what we call it or the blood round is you know it's just as nerve-wracking for us as it is for the when we coach the boys so we're excited coach before we let you go tell us a little bit about some of your top girls and and who has hopes of making it to kokomo in another week sure we're really young this year uh we've got a lot of freshmen with just first year experience but um we feel like we've got a few girls that that can make it on um we have some really good athletes for lack of experience. Um, so, you know, um, we're still at that point. I feel like with girls wrestling, if, if you're athletic and, you know, you don't know, you don't have to know everything, but you're, you're pretty good at a couple things. You can have some success. So, um, you know, we think, we think all of our girls can do well. Obviously some of them are going to have a daunting task in front of them. Um, but you know, the, our two regional champs, we'll just talk about those two girls for now, but, our two regional champs, uh, 145 was Lane Pepler. Um, last year she was um, she didn't make it out of the regional uh, at Jay County and didn't qualify for state, and she's has put in a ton of work. She's not missed anything that we've done this year and in the off season. And um, I think she's got three two two losses or three losses, but um, had a great regional and. Um, we think that she's going to uh, qualify for the state tournament, and we think we, she can place this year. And then we have our state runner-up, Grace Hirams, um, at 155. She was a regional champ this year, and she's starting to wrestle uh, probably her best at the right time. So um, we think with those two girls leading the way, we've, we've got a handful of uh, a few other girls that we, we feel like can do really well. So, you know, being on our home gym and being able to uh, not have to travel that morning and worry as much about getting to other scales and making weight, knowing that they're going to be making weight, you know, on our scales. And, um, I feel like that gives our girls an advantage. So we're, we're, uh, we're excited for all of them. Well, coach, we thank you for coming on the show tonight. And I'm certainly looking forward to spending uh, a day and a half in your backyard here this coming week. And, uh, we want to thank you for all your cooperation and, and helping WZBD get set up for broadcast this weekend. Sure. No problem. We've got a, we think we've got a good spot for you up in the, up at the top so uh, you'll be able to see all formats in the main gym and uh, have a clear view of all the action and uh, you know you I think you'll have a, a pretty good uh, spot to um, make the calls from and uh, we're looking forward to having you there thanks coach yep thank you so with that we are going to go back for another round of messages to Steve back in the studio when we come back we're going to reveal our last bracket the 1a team state Experience the magic of Evansville, Indiana, where Hoosier hospitality shines bright. Stroll along our scenic riverfront, indulge in local cuisine, and immerse yourself in history and culture. From family-friendly attractions to outdoor adventures, Evansville has it all. Visit the mesmerizing Mesker Park Zoo and Botanic Garden, or explore the city's rich history at the USS LST-325. Ready to start planning your stay? Discover everything our city has to offer at exploreevansville.com. Evansville, Indiana, where memories are made. Based out of the Indiana Tech Wrestling Facility, the Warrior Regional Training Center is an elite training center for youth wrestlers, high school wrestlers, and college and senior level athletes. Featuring a college coaching staff with a strong history of developing talent and producing results, 
Warrior RTC will give any wrestler quality training partners to push them to new levels in the state-of-the-art 25,000 square foot wrestling building. The training is affordable and private training is also available. Put Warrior RTC in your corner this season. Does your smile need work? Maybe it's time for a cleaning and exam. Visit Laura Kukulhan, DDS, and her knowledgeable caring staff at Complete Smiles on North Main Street in Bluffton. Dr. Kukulhan would love to help you maintain your dental health or transform your smile. Whatever your needs might be, Complete Smiles is there to help you. Dr. Kukulhan is currently accepting new patients. Call 824-3100 to schedule an appointment. Welcome back once again to Hager Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly. Rex Burr along with Dane Filling and Joe Caprino, and now we've made it to our final bracket. A lot of local folks that are very interested, as there's some pretty good local teams will be in this 1A bracket, and uh, some of these teams that we we see on a regular basis, we broadcast from. And I tell you what, uh, Dane, the more that you and I cover this Adam Central team and watch the, them wrestle against uh, Belmont, I think. You and I had this conversation. If Keegan Bloom and Zach Worm wrestle that match, it's tied. And then you go into ultimate, you go into tiebreaker. Very, very close. And uh, <laughs> Adam Central's off to a great start this season. They wrestled really, really well at Lafayette Jeff. Um, I think they picked up a couple of knocks, as they say over in England. I, I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be healthy. Keegan Bloom did get on the mat and wrestle. And uh, I don't think it's any surprise to people that Adam Central has earned the number one seed in 1A. Um, they've been to every single team state that the Coaches Association has hosted since they started in this format. And uh, they're going to be joined in the bye round by West Central, Rochester, and Tell City. A ton of dialogue about these seeds. Um, when it comes down to it, the head-to-head -head win by West Central over Rochester a week or a week and a half ago carried some, some major weight. And if you look at, and I know, you know, criticism's fine. It's part of the job. But if you really look at that West Central team, they have some real talent. And a lot of people, I think, just want to look at numbers or dual scores or those types of things. All three of those teams, West Central, Rochester, and Tell City, have carried forfeits throughout this year different number of forfeits, some of them through last year. Tell City last year, Joe, I had that championship match down at Franklin. They beat Adam Central in the finals with two forfeits. And so, you know, you don't want to discount a team automatically because they have forfeits. But what it does, if you're looking at this from a broadcaster's or a fan's perspective, it makes the matchups so much more compelling. Because if you think about it, if you have forfeits at 215 and 285 and those forfeits match up against a team like Adam Central, who's arguably two best wrestlers are at 215 and 285 and Keegan Bloom and Zach Worm, those are 12 points that Adam Central thinks they're going to get against every team. But now if those two forfeits, those are your two weakest weight classes, that becomes a really good matchup for you. Or if you have a forfeit at 113 and 132, those forfeits have such a different impact based on you know, the matchups that you have and the ability to bump guys. And some of these teams that have forfeits up top, it's a lot different having a forfeit at 285 than it is having one at 106. If you have one at 285, you can bump up and bump that person out. 
if you have one at 106, like I like I've joked before, you can't bump Zach Worm down to 106 when the dual meet works that way. So um, some really compelling matchups, and um, you know if the seeds hold and the semifinals work out to an Adam Central versus Tell City rematch from last year's team state and a rematch of the 42-39 West Central win over Rochester. I think you've got coaches from Tell City and Rochester who are licking their chops thinking, yeah, let's have another shot at them. Tell City's going to think, you know, we're the defending champs. We should be the number one seed. A lot of people have that opinion that if you're the defending champs, you should just automatically be handed the number one seed. I'm not so sure about that one. Um, but I think those are your top four teams. And I think if you wrestled them in a round robin, it might be the most useful way to get a true champion. But uh, this is the way they're going to roll. And it's not to say that one of these other seeded teams isn't going to come through and uh, to, to, to break through. We saw it last year with uh, Cowan and Bluffton. We thought that Cowan was going to advance and take on South Adams, I think it was, and Bluffton beat Cowan and knocked the Blackhawks into the 9 through 12 bracket. So you see that all the time. This year, 1A is going to be at Rochester, and we just heard from Coach Guard with all the details. So let's go ahead and reveal the way these are going to go. The pairing that's going to feed into Adams Central after the bye will be the 8-seed North Miami, and they will wrestle Cascade in the first round. Cascade got upset last year by Adam Central in the semifinals. And uh, these were random, the last four, Joe, into the seeded four. But I kind of think, looking at it, I kind of think that Cascade was right there for that eight seed. And so I think this is kind of a true 8-9 traditional matchup between those two schools. Yeah, that should that should be a good match. Cascade, uh, still, you know, there's really good program that's you know risen just the past couple of years. North Miami's had some really good results. I think they beat uh, Wallace and, and Norwell and, and a couple other teams. Yeah, a really strong start to the season and a program also like Cascade that maybe if you've been around wrestling for five to ten years, you think back to when you started, you didn't even know that those schools existed for the most part, and now here they are competing for a seed at 1A Team State. Yeah, and they have a handful of guys ranked in the uh, semi-state too, so they're pretty tough. So we said that the number two seed is going to be West Central. They will await the winner of a rematch between the Cowan Blackhawks and the Bluffton Tigers. Cowan and Bluffton wrestled last year at Team State, so that's an interesting one. Two teams from the Jay County Regional facing each other in the very first round. And I'm pulling up all of my head-to-heads here to remember who wrestled who. And then the number three seed is Rochester. The Rochester Zebras are going to await the winner of Prairie Heights and Faith Christian. Prairie Heights and Faith Christian. Prairie Heights taking the sixth seed over Cowan, who was the number seven. Prairie Heights with a head-to-head win over uh, Bluffton. Prairie Heights and Cowan, I don't think, have wrestled in the last couple of years, but Adam Central uh, beat Prairie Heights 37-31 to 31 earlier in the year. That spoke well for uh, Prairie Heights in that spot, but that was a spot that was debated pretty heavily amongst the members of the committee on who deserved the six and who deserved the seven there. Uh, and Faith Christian, of course, somebody who is new to the tournament, 
but really passionate about being invited. We talked to uh, Coach Kuhn in our show two weeks ago, and I talked to him earlier today, and he said that his, his team is really excited, and he's going to immediately be um, trying to figure out where Stroh is and where the suburbs of Stroh are and all of the details of the Prairie Heights team. And, of course, he'll be able to look at their results from the Al Smith and get a pretty good idea as to where they fall. Uh, Faith Christian, you know, they come in unseated into this matchup, but you look at um, when they wrestled West Central just a week or two ago in that individual tournament, and they only lost by a couple points in that individual stuff. Always interesting, Rex, to compare team scores from individual tournaments to seed a dual meet tournament. It's it's oranges and kumquats. I mean, it's it, you can't use those two unless you have head-to-head matchups. You're talking about kids that wrestle each other. It is very difficult. <clears throat> now, there are some individual tournaments that are small enough where you can take our lineup and their lineup and say, well, let's look at how they did. Even if they didn't wrestle head-to-head, if my guy finished sixth and their guy won first, we can... You know, try to go seven and seven or this eight guy and six. Beat this guy and this guy beat this guy. But there's other individual tournaments that are involving 16 teams or 24 or 32, and you may only wrestle two guys from the other team. It's really difficult, and especially like in Al Smith, where Crown Point and Center Grove take all the points, and you're fighting over the fifth and sixth place points. You know, you can't really say, well, we scored 89 and they scored 86, so we deserve the seed over them. It certainly speaks to a little bit level of of, of being near each other. But it's awfully difficult to use that as, uh, as, as, as something to use for seeding criteria. But sometimes it's all you've got. And then that takes a different form as well. The final teams and then uh, South Adams will be the number five seed. They've had an excellent start to the season. They have defeated Cowan. They have defeated Bluffton. They wrestled to within six points of Adam Central in their duel in the ACAC duels. And South Adams will take on Southmont in the very first round. Quite a bracket for 1A. It is. uh, Top to bottom, probably the deepest of the four as far as potential for upsets. You've got some teams that we don't know much about as far as a statewide level. You talk about the teams in 4A and 3A, and you can recite their lineups, but you look at some of these teams at the bottom of 1A, and a lot of people don't know much about Faith Christian, about Cascade, about... Southmont Cascades, a team that's been going to Disney the last couple of years. They're very familiar with Adam Central. And I know Coach Curry listening right now, he might be thinking, man, I wonder how we match up against Cascade because we just wrestled them over the summer in, uh, in July. <clears throat> and we just had to wrestle them last year at Franklin in the semifinals. Uh, North Miami, a team that you probably don't have many head-to-heads with because they come out of a different regional, even though they're in that Peru regional and in our semi-state, I'm not sure Adam Central knows much about North Miami, so that's an interesting one as well. Yeah, well, you got you have, uh, you know, you said Prairie Heights and Adam Central wrestled 37-31. That's six points separate in one and six seed. That tells you how just crazy this is going to be, and it's going to be a great great matchup there. In that, in that same day, Bluffton only lost to Prairie Heights by either three or six points, and that's a Bluffton team that Adam Central beat 72 to 11. So when you're on that seating committee and you look at those commons, Adam Central 72, Bluffton 11. 
Adam Central 37, Prairie Heights 31. And then you look Prairie Heights 42, Bluffton 39. That speaks to the way the matchups go and the lineup that you have. And so much of what is going to, what it's going to boil down to on Saturday is who shows up, who makes weight, who's willing to go out there and wrestle injured or with a knock or however you want to say it and put themselves, put their toe on the line and, uh, and try to win a state title for their school. Well, Dane, we've uh, <clears throat> ran through all four uh, classes. We've revealed all the brackets. Joe did a great job of bringing those out to us. And then I also did see where he was releasing those full brackets out onto Facebook. So a lot of people have jumped on and commented on those. We, I think our, our numbers are really high for both people listening on the Internet and listening on, uh, on the airwaves along with following along on Facebook and YouTube. And with that, let's send it back to the studio to Steve Rouse running aboard for us. We'll be back with uh, our final segment right after this on WZBD. Are you ready for spring? Come see what we have growing in the greenhouses. Hi, it's Jessie at Heller Nursery, and we are open all winter long. Heller Nursery always has a wide selection of houseplants in stock and pottery for inside and outside the house. We are preparing for spring every day now, and with new shipments of decor, pottery, plants, and seeds, there's always something new to see. Check out hellernursery.com to see our wide selection of spring offerings of trees, shrubs, fruits, and perennials. Heller Nursery, open seven days a week. The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. Welcome back once again to the Hager Hershey Zell High School Wrestling Weekly, where we have reached the ultimate tiebreaker section. And Dane, with this extended one, he had to put some extra pi- extra periods into the into the old Hager Hershey Zell Wrestling Weekly this week. As uh, we've made it to the ultimate tiebreaker, we're going to talk about wrap up and a reminder of this schedule for next week. As I saw you went and looked at your little black book up there, and lots of sports on WZBD, and now we have the uh, ability to bring up multiple sports at the same time through two different uh, medias, is uh, I've heard a lot of people comment about it. I still don't think there's a, enough people that know about it. I, mean, I bring, bring it up to some people and get out to, and but you're doing a real good job of putting stuff on a website. So if people go to the website, there's links that will take you right to it. So Well, we have one of the unsung members of the Z team with us, and we were just talking about getting that broadcast schedule out there on the website and available more <coughs> on our social media. That's something that we're working on this week to uh, to better. So... Look for that on the sports side of the page, a spot to click on to find out what's coming here in the next couple of days. But we do have a wrestling match tomorrow. Homestead will be traveling to Adam Central. Uh, that'll be me and you, Rex, on that call. Then on and that is on YouTube. That'll be on YouTube. Then on Thursday, we'll be live on 92.7 FM. The judge and I are heading over to Huntington. We'll have South Adams at Huntington North. The judge, one of our fans here as part of the gallery tonight. <laughs> And then on Friday, just to let you know that was by. There was a lottery. We put this everybody's there was name in a hat. Limited seating. Le- limited seating. Put it in the lottery, and the judge just miraculously won it. On Friday, we are going to have the girls wrestling semi-state live from Rochester. We are looking at trying to jump in for the ticket round matches in the afternoon on ninety-two-seven FM 
and then switching over in the final two rounds over to YouTube because we have the head-to-head between Heritage and Adam Central. Girls, two teams that are really struggling and looking for a win. It's a perfect opportunity for one of those coaches to gain some success ahead of the ACAC tournament, which is coming up next week. WZBD has full coverage of that after the week of Team State. Then on Saturday, we will have Team State Wrestling. I'll be live from Rochester for 1A, and you'll be live from Jay County for 2A. A lot of sports on the radio, and then we have to hurry back, and we will be at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill for the Hager Hersheysville High School Wrestling Week next Sunday night. And let's hope that we are interviewing two state championship coaches in person from the Double Eagle next week. And, and they didn't have to drive very far. And not very far. <laughs> well, all four are invited, but I'm not sure we'll be able to get all four to come in person. Well, Dane, uh, we squeezed a lot of stuff into two hours. Uh, got a couple of minutes here. And, Joe, your final thoughts on uh, uh, the, the work you did to uh, get all the brackets ready. And uh, you did a great job revealing them. And I, I think the graphics really help uh, explain to people how, these, how we pulled all this off. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a lot of fun to see these brackets and get get them out, and uh, you know it's gonna be some great wrestling. It's been it's really cool what this has grown into. I don't know, this is like ten, twelve years, and it's about yeah, it's about the twelfth year. year. Yeah, so it's really grown and continues to grow and get better and better <clears throat> each year. And the people that put in a lot of work behind the scenes that that's huge for them. The people that vote in the the committee that you know makes rule changes on the fly after somebody at. 10 o'clock at night makes an offhanded comment and make in 24 hours later it's it becomes reality that type of stuff there, there's a lot of people that are doing uh, a lot of work behind the scenes and it's been really cool to see this just grow and continue especially after the uh ihsa didn't want to do this anymore and it's grown and it's bigger and better and a lot of teams are experiencing a lot of success here and that that's what's awesome and dane it'd be interesting to see as you uh look through the information to see how many people were having reveal parties tonight uh, looking out for the brackets. I know that uh, there was quite a few that had uh, parties when they were looking to see if they got voted in. Now that they're voted in, they wanted to see where they fell into the uh, lineup with the rest of them. And some of those number ones, number twos were pretty easy, but uh, some of those other guys uh, were fighting for those good draws to come in and wrestle against teams that uh, uh, they may or may not have know anything about. But that's what it's all about, right? <clears throat> I know I, you think back to that old Team State era, the IHSAA, they, they – they just never put their full effort behind it. Do you remember, Joe, that you used to – how many times did you click refresh on IHSAA.org at noon on a random Tuesday in January when they would just publish a web page that said, here's what semi-state will face which semi-state at Team State? You know what I mean? They never, they never went out of their way to really promote that event. And one thing that I really appreciate about the Coaches Association is their willingness to let people who are passionate about it promote all the classes, all the schools. And, you know, I guess my final word speaking from the from the seating committee side of thing is, you know, if your team didn't get a seed tonight, it's not because we don't like you or we think you're terrible or any of those things. I can't wait to see what Bluffton does, what Faith Christian does. I, I am super excited about what Snyder can do at 3A. I would love to see uh, Cathedral knock off a of Brownsburg and have an epic upset in that 4A team state. That's what it's all about. And I think sometimes there's a little too much vitriol about, about you know, this, 
this team doesn't, this person does like this team or that kind of thing. Uh, we're just trying to make it the best tournament that it can possibly be and create those matchups and then talk about the storylines over the next four or five days to get people excited about it. Uh, Mike and Joe are going to do a great job here over the next five days of talking about the matchups to look out for, what the head-to-heads are going to be, what you should look for. If you're at 1A and you're trying to scan through 4A, what are the head-to-head matchups in the first round that you should look at that are going to have big effects on the individual rankings? All of those things feed into this event and make it better every single year. Well, let's uh, put a cap on this here. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors that allow us to talk about uh, wrestling on a radio that bring us uh, bring us to the airwaves and to your computers on Sunday nights. I'd like to thank Joe for making his way down, running the graphics for us. I'd like to thank Steve Rouse for running the board and thank my wife for uh, letting us uh, play in the basement for two hours and uh, hang out down here. And uh, with that, tune in for lots of wrestling, lots of sports here on WZBD later on this week. You've been listening to High School Wrestling Weekly on WZBD. <laughs> <laughs>